Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by a trio uh, of uh, intelligent Longhorn insiders. Intelligent, I use loosely with this group. But um, <laughs> hey, Paul Wadlington, Rod Babers, Eric Nalin, all of Inside Texas joining the show, uh, talking a little bit Longhorn fo- football. What we're going to try to do today is do our preseason predictions. Uh, who are the Longhorns going to play? What do we think about that game? And then give you actually our score predictions along with our single our, our ending season prediction. The first out of the gate, though, Paul, is going to be you. Okay, buddy? You've got Rice. You're going to tell us what you think of that game and where you, you have the final score in. And uh, we'll go from there. Let's carb load, Robbie. Let's get this started. All right. Playing the Rice Owls in Austin. It's going to be a balmy 130 degrees on the turf. <laughs> and I think the Longhorns are going to be hot. Uh, Rice comes in. They are coming off a five and eight season, which is Mike Bloomgren's best performance in Houston. Uh, and it's a fine school to buy you Ivy, but I think they're going to find out that they're not a football school on Saturday. I expect Texas to cruise 52 to seven. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed about those week zero games, that clock was running. Y'all, if you're going to run the ball, the games go by fast. So I'm, I'm liking the under if you're any gamblers out there. Uh, I, did wanna, I do want to point out that Rice does have JT Daniels, a quarterback. So they will have some ability to throw the ball, but they lost two of their three best receivers in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Cedric Patterson said he doesn't want to play football anymore. And Bradley Rosner, their team MVP, transferred to the NC State Wolfpack, and he's going to be their starting X receiver. So Rice is really going to struggle to move the ball, in my opinion. I think Pete Kwiatkowski clamps down, sends a message. I think Texas cruises. I, I expect a slow fourth quarter as we put in third third teamers, and I expect Texas to get out there 52-7. to seven. What do you all think? Rod, what do you got, bud? Uh, I got Texas 54-13 to 13 with the win. Uh, I do think Rice actually – they've been recruiting really well, if you ask Rice fans <laughs> like the last four years they believe they got a really talented squad so i'm gonna I'm give them the benefit of the doubt and say they score a little bit more than we want them to 54 to 13 texas eric what do you got bud yeah, i got 49 10 uh with a touchdown on special teams for texas that could be not just a return but maybe a block uh perhaps texas has the athletic advantage uh pretty obviously size advantage as well 49 10 easy win out of the gates all right i'm going with my with this one guys i'm going 56 10 uh, for Texas uh, on this one uh, right now. I think the Longhorns guys, uh, to, to Eric's point, probably either a defensive or special teams touchdown. All right, uh, Rod, you get the one in Tuscaloosa that's coming up. Uh, the Longhorns second game of the year. Uh, we all have a bit 1-0 at this point. Heading to Tuscaloosa at night. Nick Saban's the GOAT. What do you got? Uh, just full disclosure, though, by the time game time comes up, guys, I'm sure I'll be ready to pick Texas. Uh, no, matter what, no matter what I do right here, I'll be sure to pick Texas by right before game time, just so you know. But uh, this is a it's interesting year for Alabama and the GOAT Nick Saban, right, guys? You got a new offensive coordinator in Tommy Reese. You got a new D.C., but an old D.C. for Nick Saban because he's been on that staff before in Kevin Steele. And we have no idea. Even Nick Saban, or at least maybe he's playing coy, has no idea who the starting quarterback's going to be. It could be Jalen Milrow, the Texas product, who's a 
dual threat elements. Could be Ty Simpson, who's got a really high upside. This is a guy that was highly recruited, uh, but he's a guy that hasn't had a lot of experience, and it could be him, but he's a different skill set. Functional mobility, uh, but not the explosivity of a guy like Jalen Nuro. And then there's uh, Tyler Buchner, who actually was the uh, Notre Dame transfer. Tommy Reese, a lot of Bama fans believe he brought him over just to be able to run his system and have familiarity with it. So this is a weird year for Nick Saban. He's had a lot of turnover, uh, but not as much anxiety, I think, within the Alabama fan base as there is right now with this offense and with this defense and the new systems they're bringing in. So uh, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I can tell you right now, I believe that first game with Alabama, they're going to play all, all of those quarterbacks or at least two of the three quarterbacks just to keep – Texas uh, having to game plan or at least uh, Texas having to make sure they dedicate time to game plan for either one of those quarterbacks. So I got Texas losing this matchup uh, versus Bama 28 to 26. All right. I got a, it's a close game. Uh, I think it comes down to the wire. Man, it's hard to beat Nick Saban, Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Like I said, by game time, that could all change. Eric, which way are you going on this one, dude? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. It's, it's close to a coin flip for me, but you got to give the advantage to Nick Saban. He's the greatest uh, college football coach of all time. They're at home. Uh, their baseline level of talent is maybe not as great as it once was, but they're still recruiting at a high level. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be another low-scoring, very physical game like we just saw last September. But I give him the edge, 24-23. I've it about as close as Rod, and uh, you know, not much. Not, not, it's just not going to be a lot of scoring in that game, I don't think. But I don't know. I'm like Rod. I'll probably I'll probably be a little bit more bullish on Texas after I see them uh, week one. We'll see. All right, 24-23, Eric goes with Bama. That's two losses. Paul, what do you got? You Tuscaloosa gonna gonna be the, the Longhorns kryptonite? I I think Rod should take that jersey down from behind him. I think Eric should take that hat off because Texas is gonna go in to Tuscaloosa and lose a close game. 24-27. I flipped a coin. It came up tails. Sorry, folks. Uh, I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, but as we get closer to game time, I'm going to change my opinion. <laughs> I, I think all of us are the same way. I, I had a closer game. I had a lower score than you guys. I went 20 to 17 Bama. Um, I think that that secretly the, the two defenses of these two teams are actually the strengths of the teams a little bit. So I went 2017. But that means that they're one and one heading home. Uh, for Wyoming, and I don't think that's good news for the Cowboys. Uh, it's not like they, they, they're they a uh, juggernaut by any means, although their defense probably a little bit better than their offense ahead of that. At the same time, uh, the Longhorns are going to be licking their wounds a little bit, in my opinion here. Or, I will say this, if they win in Tuscaloosa, they're going to be riding high. Either way, it, it doesn't matter to me. Either way, I think they're going to be looking to try to score a lot of points and get ready for conference play. Uh, that's why I choose Texas 52-3 to three over Wyoming. I think this will be the biggest spread probably for the year for the Longhorns. Uh, Rob, what do you think? Uh, I'm actually going with a lower scoring game for the Longhorns. I'm going to go 41-10 to because I think that defense for Wyoming is a little underrated. Guys, they, they're, they're uh, inside linebacking core is actually going to end up being pretty good. Uh, Eastern Gibbs, he's a really good player. Mountain West uh, Defensive Player of the Year. And also have Shea. I won't mispronounce his last name, so I'm just going to screw it up. But he's a really damn good player on the inside uh, for him. So that, that, that defensive, actually, that defensive interior for them is actually a little bit better than you think. So I'm going to say 41 to 10, Texas. All right. Eric, 
Yeah, I'm kind of with Rod there too. You know, last year after uh, Alabama, they had a, a sluggish start versus UTSA until uh, Roshan Johnson kind of lit the fuse for them. Um, I think it's going to be similar, and I'm, I'm going 38 10, uh, very similar to Rod the way I see it. So that y'all are both getting that uh, 28 four touchdown win right now. Paul, what do you think, bud? Uh, Wyoming has a defense, they don't have a quarterback, and Texas is going to feast on that. Texas 48, Wyoming 10, two non offensive touchdowns. Ooh, oh wow! I like that prediction. You, you, you that means that nice. means Paul, you really don't like their quarterback because you're thinking. Uh, I think I might do better against Texas on Saturday than he does. Is All right, Andrew Eric, Peasley let's go to you, Texas. <laughs> What's that? Is it Andrew Peasley, the quarterback? Andrew Peasley. About? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, hey uh, Eric, let's go to you, uh, Baylor conference opener. Uh, Longhorns have split with Dave Aranda in their two seasons at this mm-hmm. point. What yeah. are your thoughts on Texas? going to Waco to start the conference? Well, you know, Paul has done a really good job illustrating the up and down nature, the variability of uh, Baylor throughout the years, going back to uh, uh, Art Browse and then Matt Rule and continuing in with Aranda. Um, and so you just never really know what you're going to get. I'm actually going to play it kind of safe and think they have somewhat like, you know, seven and five team, not not totally bad, and but not good uh, by any stretch. Uh, you know, they've, they still have, they've not really uh, rebuilt that roster in a way that I think can uh, perform at a high level. Uh, Blake Shapin didn't really take the step that I was expecting last year. And I think a lot of that had to do with the surrounding parts. Uh, they've lost a lot of players on defense. They do have a pretty good pass rush. Uh, you know, Gabe Hall is a quality player that Texas looked at uh, coming out of high school, out of Waller High School. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think I don't think Baylor's going to be good. I don't think they're going to be bad. So I think they are going to try to kind of uh, sort of break the trend that they're on. Uh, so I'm going to pick Texas. You know, Texas handled them pretty good on the road last year. It was, it was a little bit difficult, but they closed that game out with authority. Uh, I think I don't I, I just don't think they're a very good matchup for Texas. Uh, let me see score. I'll have to go. Let's go 35-17. Interesting. All right. That's a three score win. All right, Paul, let's go to you next, bud. Uh, your thoughts on Baylor uh, and uh, Texas in Waco. Ever an agent of chaos. We're going to have the Texas Longhorns at two and two. Oh, my God. Your Big 12 home opener, just like last year in Lubbock, and they get upset in overtime, 31 to 30. Baylor plays Long Island the week before they play Texas. Rod, do you think they'll be prepping Texas or Long Island that week? (laughs) No, no. Hey, Paul, just to start you, I'm feeling you. This is, I I, I don't know if you can see it, man. I got 34 26, Texas with a win, but I got it close. Last year, go watch it, guys. Nobody had better pressure packages versus Texas yep. than Dave Aranda and Baylor. Now, he they got a new D.C. Uh, because the D.C. they had last year, they decided to move on from him. Matt Powlich, who was on the staff, he has been promoted to D.C. Guys, I'm telling you, last year, those pressure packages, we'll get into it later on, maybe in some football theory, they were freaky. And they had uh, Quinn Ewers discombobulated as well as the, the pass protection for Texas. They had five sacks versus Texas last year. They know how to get in that backfield for Texas. I think David Rand is going to bring some of that same schematic blueprint versus Texas this year. Texas will win, but they will have trouble versus David Rand. Let me ask you this, guys. Are they going to all of a sudden be better at run defense? Because Texas, I, they lose some guys on defense. Texas all of a sudden isn't going to stop running the ball, even though Roshan and Bijan are out. I, I went 30 to 21, Texas. I do see. Uh, Baylor moving the ball a little bit, but I don't think they have the offensive line they had a year ago either. I mean, I, I think they're, I, I just don't, I don't know that this is the year uh, for Baylor based on what I see. 
All right, this one's going to be good. Paul, maybe the most um, explosive offense in the Big 12 against other Big 12 teams that don't have high-end defenses is Kansas. Uh, the week after Texas plays at Baylor, the Jayhawks come to Austin. Uh, your thoughts on, on where KU uh, sits and how this game may play out. Yeah, other than Texas, and this is hard for people to believe, Kansas has the best group of skill players in the Big 12 in aggregate. We're talking about Grimm, Skinner, Fairchild. We're talking about Jalen Daniels, a quarterback. If he gets dinged up, they've got Jason Bean. That guy runs a 10-400 meters. Uh, they got some dudes, and they've got Lance Leipold and a great offensive coordinator. I think they are going to give people fits. Unfortunately, Kansas doesn't have a defense, and they haven't acquired one in the offseason. <laughs> Kansas is going to be much improved, a very dangerous team, but Texas is going to beat them 45-28. to Game is going to be tied at halftime, and then Texas is going to put the wood to them in the second half. All right, uh, Eric, your your take on KU? Yeah, you know I really like uh, the cornerback Kobe Bryant. He's a he's a good one, but uh, he's kind of uh, outmanned. You know, doesn't have enough help out there. Uh, it, the wide receiver Arnold has always caught my eye. The taller guy. Uh, I don't even think he made Paul's list there, and he's he's quality. So they've got a, they've got a lot of depth on offense, uh, especially at skill and and um, that RPO that Leipold really knows how to scheme them. Uh, but yeah, they're just outmatched. Texas is too deep, too talented overall, top to bottom. Uh, we'll go Texas uh, 35, Kansas 24. Rod, what about you, buddy? Hey, man, I love the respect we're giving to these Jayhawks, man. I love it, honestly, because I'm the same way. They've earned my respect, right? They're yeah. a laughing stock of the Big 12. Now everybody's like, oh, oh, man, that offense, they can score. I got Texas winning 44-35 because I, I'm with Paul, man. They return a lot of great skill talents. As a matter of fact, Little factoid here. They're one of 28 teams, including Texas, by the way. They return quarterback, head coach, OC, and DC. They got a lot of continuity coming back. We can expect an, a lot of improvement from Kansas. Um, they may get better. I just don't know if their record will reflect it next season. I think Texas needs to bring their run game in this in this one. They need to make sure that Jalen Daniels doesn't have 80 plays of offense. You know what I mean? Uh, I took Texas 42 to 35 over the Jayhawks. Uh, that guys, that puts us, we're, we're getting ready to go into October now and we're going to play Oklahoma next. That's the next game on the schedule. As of right now, Paul's at three and two. The other three of us are at four and one, right? Heading into OU. So that will be, OU we think will be five and O oh at that point in time, unless they crater early to somebody like SMU. They just have an easier schedule. So Paul, you, uh, excuse me, Rod, you tell us three, th uh, two, uh, one, three, and two, one, four, and one versus a five and oh, OU, which will mean they'll be ranked in the top 15 or so. What, yeah. what do you think about this game? You've actually walked down the tunnel and put on the helmet and shoulder pads, scored a touchdown in this game, by the way, on a return. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this, uh, this Texas OU game? Uh, yes, with all that being said, Bobby, that's how y'all know anything can happen. Just throw that out there. We always know anything can happen in this game. We've watched that over the last few years. Uh, but if Dylan Gabriel's healthy, man, this offense is pretty potent. Uh, they can move the football when Dylan Gabriel's healthy. That wasn't, wasn't the case last season. Here's a stat that sticks out to me for Oklahoma. They were 0-5 in one-score games. Um, Texas actually, I, I believe, last season, you go look at their one-score games, uh, you know, they, they actually had a losing record as well. But here's a little factoid for you. 89% of teams that post a 4 all right, four loss or greater differential in close games, one score games, improve their record next season. 
the belief is that they're going to they're, they're going to improve on that next season somehow. All right, they're going to get better, especially if Dylan Gabriel can stay healthy. Um, I think this team gets better than they were last year. First losing season since what 1998 for Oklahoma, uh, but they don't beat Texas. Uh, I got Texas winning this game 36-27. Got a little closer than most people probably would expect. I think the Oklahoma defense does get better. How how can they not get better from what they were last year? They were pretty uh, porous. Uh, they were one of the worst defenses that we have seen from Oklahoma in a long, long time. Um, but I think with Dylan Gabriel being healthy, they'll at least be able to score some points and be able to keep up with Texas a little bit more. But Texas pulls away in the end 36-27. Paul? I think that's great analysis. I like Texas winning by two touchdowns, 31 to 17 on the strength of Pete Kwiatkowski and that Texas secondary realizing that Oklahoma really only has one true threat at wide receiver and Jaleel Farouk. The rest of the guys are Jags. Once we make that realization, we're going to clamp down on the OU offense. And I think the Texas offense is going to deliver a workmanlike performance. And we're going to win by two touchdowns after a pretty close game early. Eric, your thoughts on the game that uh, no one knows for sure, even though we're guessing. I, I'm I'm still flummoxed by this because of, of just how ups and downs this game goes year to year. So your, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm not a believer in OU this, this year. I think that uh, what Venables inherited is still uh, – there's still a lot to overcome. I think it's not entirely his fault. Um, but I do think they're going to play not nearly as well as their, their record will indicate. Uh, I don't think the quarterback can threaten the whole field, as Paul was alluding to there. I think the run game will be okay, pretty solid, but I don't think they're going to be strong up the middle, uh, 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 specifically at defensive tackle. Uh, I think their their secondary is good but not great. Uh, Billy Bowman gets a lot of headlines. I don't think he's uh, quite as good as, as people think. He doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't have great hands, not a great tackler. Uh, 42-24 Texas, but dyslexic OE fans rejoice. <laughs> uh, wow <laughs> all right i'm going i'm going 38 21 texas i think that texas just has too much uh on offense and uh i do expect a better defense from ou this year i just expect a better texas offense uh this year as well predicting the future is hard but predicting the service that you're going to receive from gabe winslow if you call that number at 832-557-1095 that's easy that's a slam dunk and it's a guaranteed win for you as a Longhorn customer. Uh, Gabe is privileged to be a dedicated, loyal Longhorn. He's also fantastic at what he does. He's been doing this for over 20 years. He's sharp as a tack, and you need to give him a call. If you're in the market for a mortgage, if he's not your first call, make darn sure he's your last call. Give Gabe a call. You won't regret it. Well, All right, then we get a week off, guys, and we start the second half of the season. Texas goes to Houston. Uh, you know, I, I look, Houston is a interesting game to me because Dana Holgerson has played the Longhorns, whether it was at Texas Tech uh, or West Virginia, wherever Oklahoma State back in the day. Right. As offensive coordinator there. He is uh, a guy that gets up for Texas. I'll just put it that way. Houston is one of those programs that knows if they beat Texas, that makes their season to a degree. Obviously. That's part of it. They do have a quarterback in Donovan Smith I think they're going to go with. I like their receiving group. I think it's their defense that has had a problem uh, last year. They couldn't stop anybody at times, to be real honest. And so uh, at the same time, I think that Robertson Stadium is going to be as hyped up as it can possibly be. Uh, I went uh, with Texas over Houston, 45-17. That's kind of that uh, – 
I don't know. That's kind of that that uh, score. If you remember in uh, two, uh, 1991, I believe it was, mm. uh, when uh, John Jenkins brought the, the uh, high-ranked Cougars into Austin and, and took the L. Uh, 45-17. Uh, Rod, you go with it next, bud. Uh, yeah, you're right about the defense, though, Bobby. I mean, think about it. In 2021, I, I remember the Sack Av. That was the you know the, the name that they were giving, kind of the nickname. And they went from being the 17th best defense, basically, to the 100, 102nd uh, in the country. That was a precipitous drop for them. Uh, they allowed 36 points per game in their losses. So that's where the issues are for them. And I'll give you another stat about U of H that doesn't look promising. It's kind of a bad omen. They're 1-12 versus Power 5 teams since beating Arizona early in 2018. That is not a good sign. Uh, I'm with you. I got Texas winning 38 to 23. Um, I think U of H has a tough time this year with all the losses. Tank Dale, Clayton Toon, those are some really productive players on offense. They'll be able to score some points. I'm really worried about the defense more than anything. Interesting. Eric, what about you on this one? Yeah, I think they have a mismatch uh, between what the quarterback can do and what you'd want to take advantage of with the wide receivers. As you said, that the core, the wide receivers are a very strong group. They're deep. They're talented. Uh, they have some uh, – uh, Big playability, uh, but I don't think that Donovan Smith is the, the guy that's going to harness that uh, best. Uh, I really like Donovan's raw tools, uh, but I, you know, I, I try to run him as much as possible, probably, and then you know, kind of an old Baylor style offense and throw it over the top. But uh, I think if they try to rely on his arm, they're going to turn the ball over way too much. And again, the defense is poor too. So let's go Texas, uh, Texas thirty-five, uh, U of H seventeen. All right, Paul, your thoughts. You know, sometimes Sark has struggled with the flyover. He's not going to struggle with the comb over. Yeah. <laughs> Holgo, he's going to get up for Texas. That's why they're going to score 27 points on offense with a very good underrated wide receiver core. However, Texas is going to put 56 on them, and it's going to turn into a laugher. Uh, I think Texas is going to go in there and completely outclass them. I think Houston has major issues on defense. And to Rod's excellent point, Houston football has been a mirage to include that 11 and two season last year. They played a strength of uh, schedule conference, uh, sorry, strength of schedule in the sixties. No big 12 team last year was outside of the twenties. I think they're going to be in for a very rude awakening of what power football, power five football looks like week to week. Interesting. Uh, Paul Wadlington. I'm speaking with Paul Wadlington, Rod Babers and Eric Nolene, all of inside Texas guys. Uh, that means that after seven games, uh, we have three of us have them at six and one, and one of them at five and two, right? So now BYU comes calling. Uh, that that's going to be the games, uh, the eighth game of the year. Excuse me, uh, Eric. I'm going to ask you to detail that for us first. Yeah, I think that's one where the defense is going to have a chance to shine. Uh, Jaron Hall comes in with quite the reputation at quarterback. Uh, they've got a good offensive line, represented best by Kingsley Sumataya, um, but. You know, I think uh, the wide receivers are quality, but not not dangerous. Texas sees far better wide receivers in practice uh, day in, day out. Uh, I think that's one where the, the defense is going to show up uh, and really turn some heads at a time where, you know, a lot of Texas fans still have uh, trauma from from the last time Texas started playing <laughs> BYU. Uh, I know I do. Um, but, you know, totally different times. I think uh, PK has got the defense ready, and especially they're going to get better as the season wears on. I've got Texas putting the clamps on them to some degree. Uh, we'll go 36 or 37, 37, 14. Okay, Paul? I got uh, Texas winning easily, 41 to 17. Eric made an excellent point. BYU is going to have really big pass catchers to include their tight end. 
Uh, but if you've got some size in your secondary, you can jam those guys up. Rod can tell you big receivers who aren't incredibly dynamic. You can get under those pads and you can prevent their releases. You can destroy their timing. And that's what Keaton Slovis needs to be successful. BYU is going to give some people some problems in this league, but not Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Rod Babers? Uh, I agree with Paul on that one. Um, that's, that BYU defense, too, they hired a new defensive coordinator from uh, Weber State, I believe, too, uh, to try to come in and really fix that defense because they really struggled last year. They only had – they held uh, opponents to under 21 points just one time last year, and they never held any opponents under 20 points. That's what they got to figure out. I think Texas actually does, I'm going to say, have their way with BYU. That's a little bit cocky and arrogant. I got Texas winning 41 to 27. Uh, over this BYU squad. Sounds yeah, like y'all yeah. think that the uh, Taysom Hill uh, demons are going to be exercised on this one. Hey, I was at that game, man. I was at that game. I watched <laughs> Manny Diaz essentially be demoted on the sideline <laughs> real time. <laughs> demoted on the sideline and fired on the tarmac. Exactly. <laughs> I went, I went, I went uh, Texas 30 to 21 over BYU. I, I kind of think this sets up to a little bit of a trap game for Texas guys. Houston's going to be, and, and the reason I say that, Houston's going to be a big one for a lot of kids that are from the Houston area. It's a big in-state game. BYU comes down. Texas doesn't know much about those players. They're a little bit older, a little bit more experienced. I think that could be a little bit of a trap game at home for Texas because the next week, Texas heads in to see K-State. Mm. Now, Paul, uh, this is going to be the one that uh, the defending Big 12 champs Come to Austin. Uh, what do you think? What are you thinking? I'm glad you said that, Bobby, because if you ask most college casual fans who won the Big 12 last year, they'll tell you TCU. But it was, of course, the Kansas State Wildcats uh, behind the ascendant Will Howard. And I think we all agree Chris Kleiman does a hell of a job up in Manhattan. That said, despite what Tim Weiser might think, Texas has beaten Kansas State six in a row. It's going to be seven. Uh, and it's not going to be because they missed Deuce Vaughn as much as I love Deuce. They're actually going to replace him with two very good running backs and DJ Giddens and Treshawn Ward, the transfer from Florida State. What Kansas State's going to miss is defense. They're going to be down Felix Onoduke Ozamoa. They're going to be down the most underrated nose tackle in all the Big 12, Eli Huggins, who was integral to that defense working. They're going to be down Josh Hayes, an NFL drafted safety. They're going to be down Julius Brents, the biggest cornerback in the Big 12 outside of Ryan Watts. And they are going to be down Eco Boydo, who was actually undrafted, but a very effective corner for them. Kansas State is doing a total rebuild on defense. Now, Chris Kleiman is going to try to control the ball. 
He's going to be able to do that with an ex- incredibly experienced offensive line uh, led by Cooper Beebe, who's an absolute stud. And they've got a good quarterback now in Will Howard. God knows where that came from. But Texas is going to give them a dose of their own medicine, and they're going to ball control the Wildcats, keep their offense off the field, and Texas is going to win by two touchdowns, 34-20. to 20. Got it. Eric, you're next, bud. Yeah, that's about that's about the way I see it. Uh, they they lose a lot of good. They lost a lot of good players. Boydo was I was a big fan of his. I was shocked that he wasn't drafted. Um, I don't know if he's sticking around a roster, but I anticipate he will. They have a lot to replace. I think they lack. Uh, they do lack something on offense. I think they lack a vertical threat. Losing Malik Knowles was not always consistent, but you had to cover him, and he, and he was good at uh, running verticals. I think they lack uh, the wide receivers necessary to really harness that run game. I do like both running backs and the offensive line, and I'm a big fan of Will Howard. Um, you know, these, these coaches don't always get their quarterbacks right coming out of camp. You know, it happened with Sonny Dykes, and it happened with uh, with Kleiman, as great as Kleiman is this year. But uh, Texas is going to win. I think uh, Texas is a bad matchup for K-State. Uh, we'll call it 28-14. Both coaches enjoy the clock rule, the new clock rules for that one. Ryan, what about you, bud? Uh, yeah, I'm glad uh, Eric brought up the new clock rules. I think it actually favors K-State uh, in this game. They want to slow down the game, limit the amount of plays for Texas, uh, they want to get into this and kind of play typical K-State football, muck it up until you pick it up, right? Uh, so they also play that three-high, three-down defense, which is this schematic kryptonite for Sark, turns Sark into Coach Steven, like a Superman into Clark Kent, um, and also think that offensive line is going to allow them to control the game. I got K-State and the purple kryptonite winning this one, 27-24. They're also one of the 28 teams that return head coach, OC, DC, and quarterback, I think Chris Kleinman circled this one. He's won the Big 12. He's, he's actually checked a lot of boxes. He has not beaten Texas. And as Paul mentioned, it's been a while since they've been able to beat Texas. I think Chris Kleinman's been prepared for this one for a, for a long time. Wow. That, that makes Texas falling to 7-2 and two with Rod. I, I, I went with Texas over K-State. I followed you guys a little bit. I went 27-17. Um, the couple guys, I think that the biggest loss for them on offense – was Kurt Warner's kid. He was their third down kind of clutch guy last year. I thought that Will Howard connected with. That being said, I like Ben Sinot, the tight end, uh, kind of H-back type. I think that that is a guy that kind of like Brock Purdy fit with their tight ends at Iowa State. I think Will Howard can see that middle of the field pretty good and and connect with him. Uh, That's my concern in that game. 27-17, though, I agree with Paul uh, talking about just how much they lost on defense. All right, uh, Rod, you've got the other purple team. Now, a week <laughs> after they played K-State at home, they go to Eamon Carter and play TCU. Uh, guys, Rod and, and Eric and Paul, this has been the team that's had Texas's number, whether it was Gary Patterson. It doesn't matter. Sonny Dykes, what are your thoughts on this one? And not just that, hell, Sonny Dykes undefeated as a head coach versus Texas. And going back to the days versus Cal. Uh, and then let's not we, – we all know a guy who I even played with. Listen, I played with Kendall Browse when he was recruited to play defensive back at Texas. <laughs> That's a guy that's got a lot of experience coaching against Texas back to the days at Baylor when he was the OC there under his dad. Uh, so I, I do think TCU presents a, a, a very unique threat to Texas. Uh, also, I just – I wonder about, you know, that, that defense a little bit. But I, I think they might have the best secondary 
uh, in in the Big 12. Just so people know, Josh Newton's great. Uh, also, Mark Perry's really good. I think Bud Clark's just a playmaker back there in that secondary. So they, they got something to build on uh, on that defense. They lost Max Duggan, who was a Heisman finalist. They lost Quentin Johnson, first-round pick. Uh, Kendra Miller, second-leading rusher in the Big 12. So they got to replace a lot. But, man, they got a lot. They actually brought in JoJo Earl, Alabama transfer wide receiver, brought in Trey Sanders, running back from Alabama, five-star product. And they're going to be a confident squad, have their best recruiting class in the history of the program coming off that national title appearance. And, yes, they run the schematic kryptonite of one Steve Sarkeesian, the three-high, three-down defense. I got Texas winning, but it ain't pretty. It's an ugly win. U-G-L-Y, no alibi, 28-23. But, hell, who gives a damn? You just got to find a way to get the dub. And that <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what about you, buddy? <laughs> I see the same game. I, I think TCU's defense is going to give us some problems. I have a ton of respect for their secondary. I like their linebackers. What I don't like is their D-line, other than that nose tackle, Demonic Williams. I think they're really struggling to find two defensive ends to replace Dylan Horton and then the other player whose – his name escapes me to be started there like four years. He winters. Uh, yes, Nailed it. Uh, so I think Texas is going to be trailing until the fourth quarter. They rattle off 14 unanswered in the fourth, running the ball, and they get out of Fort Worth with the 27-21 dub. Woo. You guys both have barn burners. Eric? Uh, well, I need another loss. So um, I'm going to have to go with TCU. TCU is going to win this game somehow. All right. You're not wrong because I did the same thing, Eric. It's just a it's a probabilistic loss. Um, you know, it's going to happen at some point. So probably after a tough game against Kansas State, those are always very physical games. Uh, maybe it takes a little win out of their sails. They haven't always done great on the road. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think they're a better team than TCU this season, but that doesn't mean that TCU can't win the game. So I, I need another loss because uh, I, I think 10 and 2 sounds about right for Texas. So we'll go TCU 24, Texas. Uh, now we'll go TCU, TCU 31 somehow. Uh, Texas 27. I think it's interesting because we all met beforehand to discuss a little bit of this. And you guys, Eric and I and, and Rod and Paul all kind of have agreed. This feels like a nine and three, 10 and two, because we, it was hard for when we went and sat back and looked at all this, guys. Where are the losses going to come from? Okay, we can all agree, probably Bama, right? But who's the next one? And when I went and looked at that, I thought TCU was the most obvious choice. They've had problems with TCU in the past. Uh, Sonny Dykes has their number to Rod's point a little bit. They play that style of defense. Kendall Bryles will make it his personal <laughs> vendetta to, to beat Texas somehow. You know, um, I, I went 23-20 uh, TCU. I think this is the one time where it's the second lowest scoring game of the year for the Longhorns off on offense outside of Alabama for me. And that's where I was like, if they can't get to that 27 to 30 range. I, I worry a little bit about the Longhorns. All right. I'm going to go on to Iowa state. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know how many players are going to show up for Iowa state because of DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever it is. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, they've lost defensive players. They've lost their quarterback. Um, they think they have a decent quarterback ready to step in, but he's young. I just – I think that Matt Campbell has gone from the penthouse of coaching, you know, gods to all of a sudden he's the janitor again. <laughs> um, and, and I don't mean that negatively because I think nothing's changed with him other than his personnel. 
you lose Brock Purdy, who's a starter in the NFL. You lose Maurice or uh, 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 Brees Hall, who's a starter. You lose the tight end. You lose Mike Rose. You lose guys. And, you know, Will McDonald left this year. So I went 41-10. I don't think Iowa State has the defense, even though I love their defensive coordinator this year. And I just think the offense is going to have a problem moving the ball, period. I don't like their run game or their offensive line. Uh, Eric, you go with this one. Well, I think they're a tough team to blow out. Um, but, you know, I, their defense is going to be Bo good. Davis, Eric, Bo Davis is going to have them ready for this one. Yeah, this is, this hey, they're going to play that two-year-old tape. <laughs> oh, no, not about it. And they've come a long way since that tape was made. Um, I, I will go with Texas uh, 28 to 10. I think uh, I was – Texas did not play a clean game last year. They're kind of lucky to get out of there. You talk about uh, OU having all those close games. Uh, Iowa State played a ton of close games. They don't, for some reason, they don't get the same benefit of the doubt that OU does. Uh, I, I, th- I don't think Iowa State's going to be able to rebound uh, like they'd want to this season with everything that's going on off the field. Uh, give me Texas 28 to 10. Uh, pretty easy win for, uh, you know, by those standards. But, again, they're really tough to really put on 40 points, I think. But we'll see. Paul, your your take? When Iowa State has the guys in the secondary, John Heacock's defense is always going to be good. And they have the dudes in the secondary. Uh, TJ Tampa is a guy most people haven't heard of. He's a very good corner. And he's actually flanked by another guy, Miles Purchase, on the other side, who's very workmanlike, doesn't do anything flashy, very effective. I think Iowa State's going to play – Scrappy defense all season, and I don't think it's going to matter one bit. This is a four and eight football team. Texas is going to go in there and choke them out 30 to six. Rod, uh, yeah, I mean, you see, everybody has respect for John Haycock and that defense, somebody who popularized that three high, three down defense. So, schematically, it's compatible, uh, with Sark, but yeah, with the gambling controversy, I just don't think they have. The horses. Hunter Deckers was the only quarterback that started and finished every game in Big 12 play last season, and he's no longer available because of that scandal. I got Texas winning 34-17, I think, just because of that defense going to make it ugly for Sark and ugly for the uh, the running game and ugly for the offense, but they'll find a way to make plays and move the ball and get big plays. They win 34-17. Guys, one of the reasons I went 41 is I think this is another special teams win for Texas. Hmm. I think with the the law, and I'm and I'm trying to say this the right way, with the loss of talent that they had, with the uh, the, the 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 guys going pro and uh, the off field issues, I think this is one where the special teams for Texas could really be a play, player. Eric, you're going to finish up here for us. Uh, this is the last game of the season. Uh, right now, you have Texas at uh, nine and two heading into Texas Tech day after Thanksgiving. Uh, tell us what you think about the Longhorns playing uh, Brett Yormark and uh, Joey McGuire. Yeah. We'll do it, Eric. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I do have a lot of respect for what uh, uh, what Joey's done. I think uh, there's probably a lot of be- people at Baylor that regret having him on staff and not elevating him when they lost rule. Uh, he's a master motivator. Uh, he did a good job putting his uh, staff together. Uh, he recruits. He instills confidence in his players. Um but I, I do think they're lacking talent in a, in a number of places. But even where they do lack talent, like their defensive tackles are, you know, six foot, 300 pound guys, more roly polies than anything else. But they still get the most out of them. Uh, and that, that to me, that kind of typifies the whole team. They get the most out of what they have. Um, you know, I think they've you know got Jaron Branley. He's a good wide receiver. I think Tyler Schuff, uh, you know, he's actually won well when he's healthy. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect for him and Baron Morton. You know, national storyline is all the new quarterbacks, but the Big 12 has a lot of experience at quarterbacks. 
Uh, and Tech is one of those teams. Uh, I don't really I uh, don't really fear their run game much. Uh, I think there can be a little one-dimensional at times. They have to get by on gambling uh, and not in the Iowa State weight. Um, but, yeah, there's, it's just unfathomable to me that Texas would lose that game day after Thanksgiving uh, with everything on the line. Not, not just everything on the line as far as, you know, p- potential Big 12 championship game, but um, just the sort of rivalry that's budded. Uh, you know, I know the, the game in, in, uh, in Lubbock last year rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and not just because of the outcome. So there's going to be a lot of motivation in that locker room. I like Texas to win it, uh, not as big as they did two years ago, but it'll be a cleaner game than last season. Uh, let's call that one uh, 38 to 24. Interesting. All right, that means Eric has Texas finishing 10 and two in the regular season. Paul, your your thoughts? Yeah, Joey McGuire. I call him Kmart Jeff Trailer. I think he has done a good job in Lubbock. Uh, I don't think motivation is going to matter. The key to this game is the Texas staff. It's not the players on the field. It's not going to be the tactics. It's going to be matching the asymmetrical strategies of the Texas Tech football team, both on third and fourth down. You have to prepare your team mentally for that. You have to be uh, you have to go in with an understanding that they're playing optimized football and you have to meet that and exceed that and then let the talent on the field sort it out. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Texas wins 38 to 17, 21 points. I wish it was 68 to 17. <laughs> <laughs> Rod Babers. Um, no, I, mean, I, I agree with Paul. He's right about that. I mean, they, uh, you know, they led the country uh, in fourth quarter, uh, fourth, sorry, fourth down attempts last season. And Texas knows that all too well. Six of eight versus Texas on those fourth downs. Also, Lady Luck was on their side, guys. They were one of three teams to rank up on the top 20 in FBS in recovering their own fumbles and their opponent fumbles. That's something that usually regresses to the mean. And last season, you go look at they were four and one score games. That's also one of those stats that usually kind of goes back and forth, regresses to the mean. I got Texas winning 41-36. I do like what Joe Me the Money is doing down there at Texas Tech, uh, but I think Sark and the crew are ready for this one. You lose to Texas Tech in back-to-back years, especially on the farewell tour, you know Longhorn fans going to gonna be at your throat about that one. I don't think Texas can lose this game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just, you know, Sark over the weekend played, played a little bit of that your mark stuff to the team as well as uh even joey mcguire in that pep pep rally i just don't see i mean unless texas somehow suffers a horrific injury or a spate of injuries they should be okay in this game i've got 37 17 i see a little bit of a a, a texas running away with it and maybe joey mcguire regressing to mean potentially as a college coach as well all right that guys that means we each have them i think it unless i'm just wrong is that 10 and 2 for everybody? Yep. yep. Wow. Yeah, right. That means it's not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that means 11 and 0 or 9 and 3 is more likely than 10 and 2. Basically. That, that, that's, that's the <laughs> pessimist in me. Yeah. There's no way all four of us are right. I mean, yeah. it's just this is statistically yeah. impossible. All right. Uh, any, any closing thoughts? I'm going to give everybody a chance to say a little bit about the season. Eric, you go first. Yeah, well, earlier to talk about BYU, I mistakenly said Jaron Hall would be back. And, Paul, I don't know if he, uh, if you guys picked that up, but he was right. Keaton Slovis is their quarterback. So I just want to correct that so people don't think I'm a total moron. Um, you know, I think, um, I think Sark has shown me just about everything I need to see except for wins on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I was just talking to people on the phone earlier before coming on. Uh, and, you know, people behind the scenes are every bit as excited as everyone else, but they know that they haven't, they haven't really done it yet. And so the, the excitement is, is huge behind the scenes. Um, but I think there's a little bit of nervousness too, that they got to go out and prove it. Uh, there's a lot of hunger as well. 
so I'm as excited to see him pull it off. I, I do think, you know, by predicting 10 and two, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm not necessarily saying Texas is back, but I think uh, all the leading indicators behind the scenes point to t- Texas being well on their way back. Paul, Paul Wadlington. Yeah. I, I look, I mean, before we, we got on here, we were all like, it was kind of hard to pick a big 12 loss. Who, who are we going to lose to? We're going to be favored in every game. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's, and even Alabama, I, I, I've put my money where my mouth is that I think that game is very winnable. So I'll just say that it's, we're just kind of looking at an aggregation of probabilities and the fat part of the bell curve for me was 10 and two. So I picked Baylor early to get that out of the way. So people would forget that I picked that loss and then everyone would be mad at Eric, Bobby and Rod as they picked (laughs) Kansas state and TCU losses. So that was my strategy going in. And, and, and honestly, you know, stuff happens, man, it's college football. And, And these are 20 year olds. And I don't trust a 20-year-old with my car keys. I'm not sure if I trust him <laughs> every Saturday in front of 100,000 people. So uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic season. And as Eric said, I'm more interested in the leading indicators than lagging indicators. I'm much more interested in life and where people are going than where they've been. And I think Texas is going good places. Let's prove it on the field. Let's do this. Yeah, Rod I, uh, yeah I feel good about the 10-2. and two. Um, Honestly, Based on some of our score predictions, we're probably closer to that team being 11-1 team than being a 10-2 and team. Uh, Sark last year, 2-5 and five in one-score games. You got to flip that. You flip that this year, 5-2 and two in one-score games. You know, that's got to be, uh, to me, the next step for Sark. And Sark's got to – he's got to be better versus really good coaches. I, a stat that I always throw out there about Sark is when he faces coaches that win at least 60% of their games – um, he has a close to a 40% win percentage when he close when he faces coaches that win below 60% of their games. Uh, he has about a 75 around 75 plus win percentage. So when he's got a match which with really good coaches, sometimes you know he ends up being on the losing end of that. I need Sark to win those chess matches within the game more so this season and show that he's 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 truly a championship level coach. I think he will. I think we're all betting on that. Yep. I I tell you what, guys, this is a this I don't know that all four of us have said Texas would be 10 and two in a regular season in the last decade individually, much less all four of us agree or put that out there independently. Right. Right. I mean, I know I haven't predicted Texas win 10 games this the past decade. Um, And so to, to Paul's point about leading indicators and where the program's going, Eric, you mentioned it as well. I look around and I just think there's a lot of talent at the same time. I'm like, Rod, I think we all want to see the execution of it and the, the coming together of it. So uh, look, uh, I think they've got, they're going to end up uh, in that big 12 hunt, potential uh, college football playoff hunt as well. Uh, that's going to do it for our prediction show for now uh, for Paul Wallington, Eric Nalin and Rod Babers, all of inside Texas. I'm Bobby Burton. And that's been this episode of uh, on Texas football, the annual prediction show.